Alright, tell us a story then. I'm eager. I mean, it's not really that interesting. <laughs> I mean, I still want to hear it. You, say, um, you set it up like it was going to be, you know. It was just tiring. It was just tiring. Um, I, just, I was working the floor, and mm. so that means doing all the washing up and taking in cups and going back and forth. We were fully open, so it's three Ooh. bars. Um, oh. And I was just on there all, all on my own. Um, on your own? Bit, yeah, <laughs> so I had to look after the whole club on my own. I was a broken there was man. Only one, you were the only person who was working? Yeah. Well, like, on the floor. There are people on the bar. I was um, going to say, mate, you don't have fucking octopus arms. No. Can't be doing that. Um, My goodness me. But yeah, that was really fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it, mate. That sounds fucking horrible. Well, I'm so nice, sorry. The fun part is... I have to check the toilets. Um, oh, good lord. And club toilet is, you know, they're famously not places you go to do your business. You better uh, hold, you pair of holding it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not the uh, finest, um, no. finest uh, facilities, I guess you could no. say. But some people, some people decide to go use toilet anyway. Yeah. Even when toilet is blocked and you've put a sign in front of the ah. door that says don't use people I think when people when you're at that level it. of drunk you just don't think about germs and all that shit which is just, terrible because you you you, you ought to <laughs> just like like i'll go to the toilet anywhere i'm not sh- i'm not shy of using the toilet <laughs> but i wouldn't go i wouldn't use toilet <laughs> in a nightclub i just know no that's a no-go you just it's not worth it it's not worth it for your for you poor fellas either is it really to be honest no no so so yeah so toilets gonna get checked every hour and i think after the first five that stopped being a thing i was like yeah i'm not doing that anymore (laughs) oh fella i'm very sorry to hear that i think we've both been working uh quite hard haven't we hey yeah I hope they don't oh, listen to this. <laughs> oh yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Um I have been working hard doing well we started touring again as you know. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just a different type of energy. Um can't eat because of the adrenaline. Um can't drink any coffee because of the adrenaline. Um which I didn't expect, but you know. We, we still move we've got more tour dates the music industry you spent the whole like two years being like oh we've got no work or we haven't got any music work and then every new music booking comes in we're like oh can you just go away <laughs> just, can you just not be on tour oh, can you stop I just want to I just want to have eight hours sleep you know no. that'd be nice that would be, be really nice, nice. eight hours sleep blimey <laughs> <laughs> oh you remember when was the last time you had eight hours sleep? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Let me let me check the journal. I get my eight hours uh, sleep. The problem is I November don't get it. November last year. <laughs> the problem is I don't get it, you know, during the hours you're meant to be asleep. Mm, um I see. So I just don't like morning, that's that's not that's not a thing. I'm not up in the morning. Unless I'm working. 
<laughs> ah, do you wake up? Aha, yeah, that's true. So you wake up at like lunchtime, whatever, when it's like oh, dead hot. <laughs> I oh, fella. Lunchtime passes by. You wake up. Oh, oh I'm ready oh, for I another see. day. <laughs> oh, fella. You're on like a US clock. Yeah, it is a bit like that. I mean, it's fine because it's only like weekends. I'm not doing that every day. But it's still just oh, uh, straining. Working's hard, you know. Working is hard, and that's obviously kind of... why you're here as well, fellas, because, yeah. you know, you've come to spend your time off. You're struggling to get to sleep right now because you work, and you've come here, and you've been like, do you know what, I quite fancy listening to these Final Draft boys. They're, they're very interesting. You've got good takes <laughs> on films. Very interesting. And, and if it's boring, funny. you'll just... <laughs> yeah, perhaps funny. Maybe. <laughs> not not guaranteed. But it's in the, uh, it's in the masthead. I've listened to the final draft for their relatable commentary and insightful oh yeah. uh, insights. Um. I'm still waiting for like the, uh, the those like PNG images you get, the stock images with like shitty quotes on the back that's uh, quoted the final draft, and we'll just become like famous on Pinterest boards mm. for our um, for our you know rich quotes. <laughs> our rich quotes like um uh. uh Oh, fucking! Uh, <coughs> yeah, uh, just coughing in a mic, eating <laughs> me like screwing my bowl. Smoking, <laughs> uh, falling asleep. No, uh, uh. all right. Each time, um, you know it. I don't know who is. I think I'm going first. I think. Oh, I think so. Ooh. I think so. Excellent. Ooh. If if it's not your turn, then someone will shout at us in the uh, in the comments. But that's you have all to right. Get, you have to get the order right. <laughs> it is important. We can't go off track. We can't. Anyway, um, my film. We got up my notes. Uh, Pink Floyd. <laughs> what was it again? <laughs> the Wall. The Wall. Um, who? The Wall. Who directed it? I didn't write it down. That's uh, the same guy who wrote the album. No. To my knowledge. Um, I'm trying to find my notes. Jesus, what an organised episode. This is a well prepared show. <laughs> oh, we know, we know, this is all for the, it's all for the, uh, this is all, it's all for the laugh. This is all for the, it's, uh, it's all planned. Floor. Alan Parker directed this, um, in collaboration with Pink Floyd. Um, The Wall is a experimental, uh, film, I guess, that bleeds mm-hmm. many genres of action, live action and animation. Um, and particularly with music is a kind of accompanying piece for uh, the album The Wall um, by Pink Floyd right. did, did you, would you have known um, I do now <laughs> and yeah it's just very trippy very um, 
symbolic. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, symbolism of themes and ideas, and they're all kind of tied mm. into the conceptual side of the album. Um, it does have kind of a, a narrative um, that kind of runs alongside the album as well. Um, we'll delve into all of the inspirations and meanings and whatnot for that. Um, mm. But I wanted to talk about because it it's just very visual. Um, it is very cool style uh, and some some cracking some cracking tunes. Um, Adam, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think of it? What do you do? You, what do, you, do you like the wall? The wall by Pink Floyd. Pink um, Floyd, the wall. That's the one. Um, <laughs> I do love the album. Actually, it's, it's a very good album, and the film is even. It's, it's, it's an amazing uh, accompaniment to the uh, to the album. Um, it's a very kind of like cinematic, I guess you could say, uh, album anyway, oh, you know, it, it, sorry, you know, <laughs> all right. I don't know if that picked up, cat just like <laughs> went crazy outside, sorry. <laughs> Are you going crazy? Yeah, it's had like a row. It's just so excited about the fact that he loves Pink Floyd. <laughs> he loves Pink Floyd. He loves the, f- he loves our podcast. So he's realized that we're recording. He's hyped for this episode. I'm sure you guys are. So that's to me. Um, continue. Sorry. That's right. Thank you, Cat, for that. That's all right. <laughs> um, well, it's just uh, visually, it's a very visceral piece. Is the mm. one word I'd use to describe it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of kind of harsh themes and symbolism, as Alex mentioned. Um, but it's mostly kind of like a. It follows a narrative, but you're you're more of an observer to it. Um, you know, it just kind of flows through the music's uh, discography. Um, the album's discography and vaguely kind of depicts what those songs were about I suppose in a, in a way but more centering it around like one character and um, and, and their life um, and to my lodge was like a like a rock star who was like going mad or, or like it was kind of just losing it and yeah. you saw the process of him in his hotel room <clears throat> just kind of living there but get, just getting worse and worse and worse yeah. um and also like uh, a depiction of his deeper um reasonings behind that so you get so, like you get some really weird kind of experimental bleeds of um reality and his not imagination but like his his his, his mindset where mm-hmm. like um the first thing it pops into mind was like the scene where he almost drowns in the pool and it cuts between that and his, the pool full of blood and you know like uh it, it's it i think it's just a a really interesting depiction or visual depiction of um of what it's like to kind of go crazy which is exactly what it kind of set out to do um but also as I'm sure you'll talk about as well, um, which I'm, I know is something that you would have loved in this, because obviously you do graphic design and art is the uh, is the actual animation aspects of this film, the artistry, mm-hmm. the the, the hand drawn visual elements of this are so um, distinctive because it's often kind of um, I've I've seen I mentioned on the previous episode when you said it I, I've seen. Like the, the Pink Floyd experience and, and other kind of variations of that. Yeah. Um, and they always use these really kind of harsh um, 
kind of horrific animated drawings that are very like um they don't seem they're not like <laughs> scary but they're just like vivid um and they always contain like some form of like gore or like um i don't know like just weird kind of acid trip blends of different <laughs> elements yeah i don't know um, surreal yeah surreal um, yeah that's it's, that's that's the kind of word for it and yeah. um that used to play alongside the music so i'd, I'd never I, I wondered like who the fuck's animated this and then realized mm. that obviously watching this that it's all come from this film and also um there was another film i believe which was on one of their other albums um uh i'll find that out but um yeah it's uh that's some that's probably one of my favorite bits of this was uh yeah it's very visual cool. storytelling yeah, the, the visuals are very cool. Gerald Scarf oversaw the animation, and he's a very like well-known, genie. Um, uh, like cartoonist. Um, does a lot of like oh, polit- cool. political uh, comics and stuff like that. Um, mm. And yeah, you definitely get that vibe from because there is, although it's framed through this narrative about uh, the singer um, called mm. Pink. Um, it's very on the nose you see um and his sort of journey there it does have like shit to say um which i think kind of uh really resonates with the film and it's kind of symbolic imagery um and kind of keeps it from being a bit um pretentious because i guess like uh Hmm. you could um when when you hear like oh it's about this this singer artist and uh, his troubles and his inner demons, you, you might, like, roll your eyes and go, like, oh, God. Um, but there is actual, like, real-world context and relevance to um, the influences behind the, the, this narrative of the wall. Um, yeah. As a whole piece, I mean, the narrative in this is also in the album itself. Um, and it seems like the wall is, is something that uh, the band are really just fascinated with. Uh, conceptually anyway because you have the album you have this film i think they did a stage play i think they did like a live orchestra version um there's a Mm. concert movie as well so they really like enjoy this story and its world and the shit has to say um and it does tackle stuff like war and um, yeah class struggle and police brutality and um like consumerism and fatuism and post-war fascism and all this kind of stuff and uh, it's a lot isn't it it is a lot and i think like you can but it's a cool piece because even though there's a lot of stuff in this where like i'm not i don't know necessarily what that represents there's there's something you can take away from it um sink your teeth into i guess yeah when you kind of know the context of the influences Mm. behind it um it you kind of understand it a bit better uh roger waters um was inspired basically by like his own life um the the narrative of um like pinks we see this kind of flashbacks to like the the second world war and uh his father dying in that war and um war's father was actually served in the second world war and i think he died like a week into his service um and like initially and like apparently he initially was was a pacifist so he would only like work with the with like the medics and stuff like that um and it's, it's things like that where you like you have that additional kind of context um 
and it becomes a bit more apparent like the influence of into that narrative and that this is coming out in um you know Thatcher's Britain and the kind of issues that arise with that um there's some very you know you, you start to see the parallels um <clears throat> what, what did I want to say um yeah it's just very cool and, it, and like obviously it's <laughs> backed by this like really great really great music as well um I really love this conceptually I love um like visualizers for albums um i think it's something that yeah, it's art is so cool isn't it yeah like i feel like art should do this more and i'm talking like a music video i'm talking like you know a whole fucking film <laughs> <laughs> well you get you sometimes you get like very short visualizers sometimes i remember yeah. uh i think radiohead for moonshape pool anima. did a bunch of like yeah you got anima that's a very cool mm. one i think for moonshape pool they did um they commissioned a bunch of artists to do like short vignettes of like pieces of the album um sweet and yeah i'd love to see more stuff like this um yeah because it's, it's just really it's, it's great kind of extra flavoring for like a for a piece <laughs> mood yeah yeah definitely it's hard enough expressing whatever emotion or feeling you're trying to put through music let alone doing it visually as well so marrying those two together really is like a feat that's extremely difficult to achieve um yeah i imagine there's a lot of perfectionism that goes into doing that and that in itself could be quite exhausting but also very rewarding and i imagine in this case um they did feel very proud of what they achieved um and the other thing i was going to mention as well was uh the the other bits and bobs i've seen specifically of the animation are on some of the music videos alone like um welcome to the machine has a very kind of um interesting visual aesthetic with the same kind of animators or animate uh, animation um and i remember seeing that for the first time in it i don't know it's something about like the uh they do a lot of animation where i specifically remember there's a scene where um there are these like plants that kind of wave and move about um which are kind of depicting people because they kind of morph into body parts and you can see curves of people's bodies and stuff and they're also intertwining um and then it will like turn to a person and that person will turn inside out <laughs> and all this blood will be everywhere and it'll turn into a fucking like crow and fly away <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> jesus christ uh or there'll be like a river of blood that turns into like hands and there's like all this metal and and, and stuff it's very inc- it's mad that it can be animated in in that way mm. but um there's something really ominous about it um and very yeah just like i said earlier visceral it's so harsh um but then again it depicts how different i guess the music was um to people at the time um pink floyd's music was so distinctive in that regard you know it wasn't like anything you know popular i suppose you could say um it's not like something you would hear on the radio um and obviously back then they were the kind of alternate kind of experimental bits of yeah. music you know bringing yeah they're, you know, they're an interesting one especially when you weigh them up against their kind of contemporaries um definitely but then they also do have like like a i don't know what you'd call it like <clears throat> like radio appeal i guess like you've got songs like uh i guess like yeah, they're generally great yeah i guess like a, another brick in the wall is like a 
is like a is a catchy song funky like, tune <laughs> yeah 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 um so it does have that quality to it too um that's very impressive yeah, that they're able to make it so different yeah yeah at the same time yeah but yeah with the film it is a very um it's a very like weird piece it's definitely not <laughs> this is definitely like one that you got kind of be in the mood for um yeah and in terms of like it's it's narrative like i don't know how like i don't <laughs> again like I, don't, I don't know if it's a flaw or just what it is with, with it where like i wonder if you went into this with no context at all if um you'd be able to track it as well because there were points where i was like well what? <laughs> yeah what the fuck's going on yeah but I, I like that about it you know i like that it's it's challenging you know um yeah I mean, yeah and i guess like that that's kind of a nice segue into i i, I can't not take this opportunity to talk about a a review for this film um that's very okay well known as being one of the worst movie reviews ever. Um, Excellent. Mark Commode <laughs> on Pink Floyd's... <laughs> I'm joking. We love you, Mark. Um, you, do you know the Nostalgia Critic? Are you familiar with Nostalgia Critic? Uh, I've heard the name, but I, I don't... I haven't... I don't know anything about it. <laughs> he's like I a... Think, I think that's pretty, that's pretty bad, considering that we do a film review podcast i mean he's um, to call him a crook is generous um he's he's one of these oh. like old school youtubers who um does like film reviews but really they're more parodies where he just kind of talks about old pieces of media and stuff um oh. he's on this channel channel awesome um very you, you know very what time awesome. period this is from um <clears throat> but in the, like recent years he did a he did a review for the wall um, and yeah, it is, it is considered one of the worst movie reviews. And I want to just talk about it because it's an interesting kind of case study <laughs> yeah, of please, like, that's it. film criticism. Um, basically, he, like it's hard because he, do, he does like a whole feature length. Uh, it's it's strange because it's it's kind of a parody of the wall, and also trying to be like a critique of the wall. Although he doesn't really have much substantial critique, which hey, I know all about that. But um, <laughs> um, it's just very, like, very weird. He, he's very, like, cringe as well. Like, um, I think he's, like, a good-natured guy and he, he understands that people like to kind of take the piss out of his work. But um, it's a very baffling review if, if you do ever catch it because, like, he really... He, he he very clearly, like, misreads the the piece. Like, he, he his, his main mm. kind of critique is that, like, it's a very pretentious film about, you know where where it's just like um waters like whining basically like i think he uses the example of um hey teacher and just saying like it's it's just pandering and of course you don't like school when when you're a kid (laughs) but he's like comparing you know like he he would have gone gone to high school in like the 80s in america to like 50s uk (laughs) you know like it, it it was completely different um and and it's like a perf- it's like a real like just misunderstanding of like what that part of the film is about and what that song is about like the song like that whole piece is about um the school system manufacturing children you know to be products to be another brick in the wall um to force mm. them because the people if you look at the historical context like the people who funded schools at that time were people in industry and people who own businesses that like in industry so 
the school is designed and this is still a problem to this day where it's designed to just you know make students the most idealized version of what a student is compliable and able to read and do maths um because that's what mm. that's what you know bit you know industrialists want they want compliant workers which is what the commentary is about and if you look at like, the visuals in, in that piece in the film like it shows the kids being processed in like a factory and going through a machine and coming out with, you know with, with like weird deformed faces like stripping of their identity um yeah. and look like i do kind of get some of his stance on on the wall because it is a little bit like man we live in a society like it, it is a bit it is a bit that um and if that's just inherently like a kind of thing that you you just don't like i completely hear that um i mean like sure. we ripped apart like bo burnham recently with inside because <laughs> i felt like that was yeah. just a f- piece of media that goes hey we well, live in a society isn't that fucked up <laughs> um but yeah back to, with doug walker it's just like hit, hit with his review um he just actively misses the point. And then at the end of his very long review that he made like a parody album for and sold for money, um, it just well, kind of ends and he goes, up. they're like, so what do you, what do you actually think of the movie? And he's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Fuck's um, sake. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a very funny, I, I don't know. Um, YouTube criticism is a whole thing that I'd love to chat about. Delve into. Delve into yeah. one day. Cause I do think, it might be a um, YouTube Patreon episode or something. Yeah, I think YouTube movie channels are where film criticism goes to die, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's either like extremely popular or just the worst takes for views because it's all about kind of trying to get the, the edgiest take, I suppose. Yeah. Broadcasting that out to as many people as you can. It's bizarre. Um, that it, doesn't really feel bizarre. like honest criticism. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, it is very it's a very interesting um, and it, it, him in general and and there's there's many of contemporaries in in his area. Um, they're just awful, awful at like picking apart movies and there's a real bad mm. culture on YouTube right now where where like because um, I don't know how you can look at like a piece like the Pink Floyd The Wall and you know write it off not as really. like, I don't know like I, I can understand it not being your thing and obviously this is all subjective at the end of the day it's quite, like, yeah but to, to to be like to actively ignore like the context that it came out in and the things that go behind it mm. um, these are I'm all trying, these are all massive yeah. faults that you can do as a as a reviewer or an essayist or whatever like I'm not saying and then, like, like I don't think we're like the golden gospel and film criticism or anything um we 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 definitely have some very like tepid takes sometimes and we can fall into (laughs) our own traps but like um i think it's like the biggest thing you can do when you're like talking about like a piece especially something like this that's so rich with themes and ideas (laughs) yeah um no yeah of course that you know and it's cultural relevance at at the time yeah Yeah. exactly yeah but you agree yeah i do find it interesting though yeah it's um I, I imagine that people do have kind of like reservations about this quite simply even if it's yeah, not I for so. youtube clout um you know it's not a traditional movie as we spoke about earlier it's like uh the narrative isn't something that is it, it, what a lot of consider you know people would consider a film you don't go on a journey with necessarily with a character it's like you're just kind of an yeah. observer to a process or a, a, t- a period in someone's life and albeit you know 
yeah, it's quite not, simple in that it's regard. Not it's not how it all links yeah, together. Yeah, it's not quite black and white. There yeah. aren't strong. It's not like strong characters and you know stuff it's like that. Like it's more like you're you're in really his head as yeah, opposed to in the real world. You'll get snippets outside of his head um, where you see like the other people like after he smashed up his room come in and see like the aftermath of it and um you know all that all that kind of stuff from uh, third parties of the story but that's only like blips of it um you're more yeah you're more focused on this visual expression of mindset which yeah. is cool you know like it's it's different and yeah absolutely um it's it's i think that's why i admired it so much was because it not only reflected that in the way it told the story um through its narrative but also like there was some you know when it wasn't animated or it wasn't kind of like heavily edited the the revealing uh you know the reveal of information sorry um through its like camera movement and angles and its general camera work was amazing like it really took me back from how impressed i was just just watching this film unfold because it wasn't conventional i suppose you could say it was all quite strange you know they were using techniques that you don't really often see or are often quite unusual you know using a for example um there's there's, there's like a tracking shot where it goes along the, his arm and then kind of curves around to see his watch or his hand and then like focus it finds itself in an angle where it's able to focus and you you see his face and it's like that's a really poor way of describing that shot but um like using like macro lenses and doing it really far away so you have like a really weird like kind of um distortion on on perspective um and just the way that it kind of flows or zooms into certain things it all feels very unnatural but also gives you a chance to find some sort of kind of um structure to the piece you know it's though it's in those moments where you're really trying to build a story from it um and it Mm. doesn't do it in boring ways it's not like there's a cool scene or cool visual element and then there's like talking or like character building and there's another bit or uh on the other hand given the fact that it's got its whole you know album alongside it it's not like a song or a music video then a little piece and then a music video and then another piece yeah no, it it's all, all blends yeah it's all very fluid together fluid yeah that's a great way to describe it it's, it's very strong in in that way and yeah it, 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 that alongside how kind of bold the whole film was visually just really kind of like stuck me into the whole piece like i felt like i was i had that cinema experience where you're so just engulfed by it so you can't take your eyes away from the screen it felt like that um mm. it's just very so fascinating and um i like it when films don't treat their audience like idiots you know they just kind of allow you to just kind of perceive fig- it and not spoon feel you know, yeah yeah kind of it or over explain stuff yeah yeah, I mean, because it's going to mean different things to different people because it's yeah. so like expressive. Yeah, know? I think you'll you'll take some. Everyone will take something different away from it. Um, Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I guess like some of the imagery is quite on the nose, um, but <clears throat> yeah, I know. I I kind of like that approach. Um, mm. I like a good. I like a good symbol. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I also quite like um, the how just how much they don't really give a fuck. You know, like they've got a whole scene with uh, another brick in the wall where obviously it's the the famous kids on the conveyor belt going through the machine and then coming out in with the masks on, and then them fucking falling into the meat grinder and coming out as like pulp, like sausages and and, and meat. And like that is just an image. It's just so, um, ugh, it just makes you kind of like yeah. spine crawl. Yeah, there's some kind um, of like, there's some kind of grotesque imagery. Like it creeps, I, it creeps yeah. you out. Even in yeah. the animation, it's very like some of the characters mm. are very much like very psychosexual, like manifestations of yeah of other characters very and ideas. And yeah, it's very. Um, like the plants kind yeah. of having sex and then morphing into like bodies and yeah and then or during like morphing the... for animals to humans yeah yeah like during the trial yeah. you have these kind of like morphing characters and <laughs> um there's very like interestingly rendered and uh and it's very like it's got, got a lot of edge to it too there's a lot of, you know, we see a lot of like um it's a very like angry movie, you know. There's a lot of, like bubbling yeah. under the surface with it. You, we see a lot of, like rioting and and aggression. Once it grabs you, it doesn't really let you go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's like yeah. quite like it's and it's especially with the animation. Like it's, I think when it's shot in live action, you can kind of take it tight a bit a bit by bit. But when it's animated, it's um just partly because of the process of what animation's like anyway. But but also just in the way that they've done it, like everything morphs into each other so seamlessly that you'll have an image and then you'll have another image and then another image that's just so bold that you'll it doesn't really let you yeah, let you go. It's you just go on this really quick journey of things that are so kind of like uh it just makes your senses go off because it's so intense. Um and it's um you know, trying to find meaning within that for your own self is is something that is really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's. Um, I didn't expect to have that with this film. I knew it was going to be like uh, different because you know the music's very different. But it's. Um, uh, I didn't know how they were going to kind of like visually interpret what they were trying to say in the music. Um, and I guess like. I, I wouldn't have really wanted them to do it any other way than what they kind of did it as. Does that make sense? Um, I think it was just really appropriate. Sure. Uh, it seemed. Yeah, it all feels very. Um, I, I really like its flavour. I just really like um, the design yeah. of a thing and the the surreal kind of look, and it it it, it fits the songs well. It fits the themes and ideas well. Um, it makes a very interesting piece. Um, I think you can get, you know, anyone can kind of get something out of it at least. Um, what were some of your f- favourite scenes? Do you think from it, like specifically? I really like uh, the towards the end oh. in like the nomads land, and he's kind of like showing him, and he's in his kind of um, incapacitated state, and he's just in like a field with the TV, and mm. like that's such a striking image. Um, mm. And that feels like a real kind of um, emotional climax of the film, and w- where it takes place in the kind of 
in the in the narrative as well um yeah. and i found the uh the kind of the uh like fascist uh nazi stuff that they kind of play with in this very intriguing <laughs> yeah um, that's 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 um i think that was where I, I was most confused about what it was kind of like so trying to do because it in the context of like the story of the thing it's meant to yeah. be that like he ODs in his hotel room after mm. his freak out and the guy the, one of the guys comes in is meant to be his manager and basically right. like, pumping with drugs and the idea is that yes. he, it's it's reflecting this feeling of I'm just I've become a product and I'm just infor- I am enforcing these ideas and where these kind of uh, restrictions on society oh, through cool. my art so I've become this kind of icon of you know um, hate dictatorship <clears throat> yeah this yeah. kind of like puppet um, but then yeah. also it's kind of mocking the well cl- very clearly it's mocking fascism um, and yeah. Nazis and stuff um, yeah. but also I, I think in the context of like what the film has to say about the war and war in general and the idea that kind of with this idea of another brick in the wall and that we just send people out for no, for no reason people are dispensable um mm. there's kind of a and this is and this is something that i find very striking about like the, the film's messaging um in general because this is still kind of a hot topic kind of thing that people get quite heated over when we talk about uh kind of british history in in terms of world war Two. Yeah. um you could argue, and I think this film is arguing that that like post World War Two, there is a sense of fascism. There, there was a sense of fascism in our own country. I think it's like the idea, um, mm. <clears throat> like oh yeah, we 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 got all these Germans, and we oh we we you know we we decimated them, and uh, there's something very like kind of a there's a weird kind of parallel there, and then if you just look at the direction. We were going politically as well, and so, so mm. some people, not me, may argue we still are. Um, they're like, mm. you know, like especially in that time period in like 80, early eighties in Thatcher's Britain. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he in his little kind of speech, he points out like gay people and uh, homosexuals and Jews in the crowd. Um, and I think the film is very much like. The message is that very much just kind of like poking at our own uh, political structures and going yeah. like, you know, we're not really, if you, if, you, if you look at it a certain way, we're not really that different um, in some aspects, um, which I think for the time was a very like uh, profound kind of statement to make. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite, um, it highlights a lot of kind of, perhaps at the time, people's kind of inner opinions about the greater picture and yeah there wasn't many things that were kind of you know publicized in this way because this was obviously a film at, at, at the time but like you know you never saw any of this kind of shit anywhere um as far as i'm aware you know it was only kind of um this was probably considered an expression at peace um but at the same time kind of touched so many people and I find that quite strange. Um, and even it's kind of uh, reflective relevance now, watching it and connecting some of like today's themes to uh, the thoughts of that time. And that's also quite interesting. 
yeah, um, for sure. Because it does, it doesn't feel like a, it's technically ir- irrelevant now. You know, it's um, no, it yeah, like plays I, around with ideas that are still very yeah. Like I said, um, I still think it's um, there's a lot of relevance in in what it's trying to say yeah. about um, in 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 British kind of culture and uh, again, mm. you, you could argue that it's a little man. Isn't society fucked up? <laughs> but I do think mm-hmm. it, it has more to say than just that. Um, yeah. What was the part that stuck out to you? Um, I really liked the. Uh, I just also thought it was a really cool set piece and a way of doing it. But when they were kind of um, expanding the idea that he's becoming like almost empty. Um, they had a kind of stage shot where they showed him watching TV in his hotel room and then it started panning out and then it it kind of like just kept zooming out more and more and more and more and more and it realised that he was like the room had expanded to this massive studio space and he was like his window and his room was only a small corner of that um, and then they mm. did this whole thing with, with shadows and uh, and him being kind of like scared by his own shadow and his own shadow like starting to attack him and morph into other things and yeah um that was just really cool yeah that's really cool um, sequence, yeah. I, i've never seen anything like that before so it was like uh very like um, kind of very theatrical you know it's got kind of like a yeah uh on stage kind of feeling in a lot of uh, in a lot of the kind of sequences um i guess by design um yeah it's all very like anti-realist it's it's, it's just kind of coming up with ways visually to as we mentioned like obviously express the mindset of, of the character and in, in, in the stages of his madness as well um and the and the highs and the lows um and it seems to do that quite effortlessly yeah and like you said it, it just kind of flows so effortlessly within that as well um it can be quite disjointing though because obviously it's just so intense that you go from one extreme to the other, but um, but it flows so neatly within that. It's not just kind of this is a scene and it ends, and then you're in some other kind of like song or something like that. You know, there's there's a kind of uh, somewhat of an explanation to everything, but it's all just done visually, so you kind of have to figure it out for yourself and. Um, yeah, it it just it really, um, I found it quite inspiring. If I'm gonna be honest, it was um, it was oh, it was really, really interesting. Um, obviously, you know, I, I pay so much attention to kind of um, visual, not only just visual style, but um, visual storytelling, and there was so much to just feast on. Um, I don't feel like I could just watch it the once. Like, I'd love to just go and spends the time listening to the full album and then like returning to the film and and appreciating that for what it is on its own um and and yeah it's uh you know it's just great it was uh, it was really good it was very, very good. inspiring and um um you know i could sit here and obviously chat to you a lot about all the different scenes and that i've got so, i've got three pages of notes um <laughs> just simply on the different parts and like my mindset going through it and um, it's quite how shocking it was, and and how perspectively um, I was so impressed about how it revealed information and uh, the emotion of the character, um, and also kind of like a 
I find it interesting how it kind of touched on aspects of uh, history, you know, uh, within the war and, and and prior to that and even after. Um, but because it was so visceral and in, in, in the way and the harsh ways in which they visually kind of played that out alongside the music, it made it feel like a dystopian film. You know, it made it feel like the kind of George Orwell's 19... 19- 80, whatever. <coughs> so bad, I don't know the last number. 1984. Um, yeah, it's very... Um, it does have a lot of... Obviously, um, 1982. <laughs> idiot. Um, yeah, it does have a lot of... Orwell it makes kind of you voice feel like and, a dystopian. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's very much in that in that kind of realm, I think. It's expressing, like, how... Isn't this so horrific? But it's history. And I think that makes it more impactful when you see something like this. And it's an expression of how someone feels towards it visually. Um... It just kind of emphasizes the whole point so much greater. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was there was no there's no part of this that wasn't impactful. Um, it was just simply a joy to kind of sit there and navigate through. Uh, and yeah, I, I really do think it was kind of like a a kind of a masterpiece in storytelling. Um, to be honest. I loved it. Damn, son. What awesome. Um, it's it's a strong review, that, isn't it? It's a strong review. Uh, what do you rate it, then? <laughs> I don't know. It's like somewhere... It's it's very high. It's it's a five out of five. Or, a, you know, kind of like a... It's, it's really up there. It's, I, I really liked it. Um, it was just a... Uh, yeah, I don't have to obviously go over the same things twice, but... Um, <laughs> I just fucking loved it. I thought it was a, a brilliant a compliment to the album, let alone as its own standalone film, in which I felt it achieved so much of what they, you know, and pr- probably more so of what they uh, tried to um, start off doing or, you know, using the film for. Um, which makes me wonder what, you know, how people felt with it coming out at the time um, in the 80s. <laughs> watching this and being like Jesus Christ <laughs> right, yeah <laughs> fucking hell yeah I'd agree um, it's a give it a 9 out of 10 uh, yeah very very compelling and interesting um, I love it's visual look it's a great accompanying piece to the album um, it's just very creative uh, I like it's ideas uh, it's got a lot to say um which is, you know, what what I try and sink my teeth into with this stuff and try to dig out. Um, so yeah, I loved it. Fantastic movie. I'm glad you loved it. Mm. I thought it would be up your alley. Um, yeah, it's awesome. thank you for recommending recommending it. It was um, it was definitely up my alley. You know me too bloody well. Yeah, I, um, mean, <laughs> I think when I said Floyd, I was like, this is in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I've won this week. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay, um, so I guess it's my turn now, isn't it? Hmm. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Um, and this week I chose a film that I had seen bits of um, and pestered by one of my best mates in uni to watch it. I think he'd recommend it every week um, or show me bits from it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, every now and then because he, he loves this film. And, okay. Uh, and uh, I hadn't watched the whole feat of it um until last week 
um, and I hadn't seen it before I recommended it on uh, last week's episode either so obviously we both went into this and um, I saw it you know when I thought of it um, I saw it was on your your, your watch list so I was like oh fantastic mm-hmm. it's something that's kind of caught your eye for whatever reason um, but yeah The Old Man and the Gun was a 2018 picture uh, by uh, David Lowry yeah I think I pronounced his name right but yeah. he did like a ghost story and um, the new Green Knight film which mm. everyone was raving about um, which I still don't know what that was about. Um, it's like um, a uh, King Arthur film. Oh, fucking sick. It's one of like... Um, that just reminds me of that awful bloody... Uh, uh, who's the guy in Kingsman? Um, uh, oh, no, that was a Robin Hood <laughs> film, wasn't it? Fuck. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, um, Green Knight looks good. Um, yeah. Ghost Story is a very excellent film too. Um, that yeah, that, that, was, that was a sick one. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think it was a Disney film, Peach Dragon, or whatever that like just slipped under everyone's radar. I think we spoke about that. Yeah, in the he past. did. He did Peach Dragon. When I saw on his the um, live action one on his film yeah. filmography, I was like, oh yes, Peach Dragon. <laughs> Interesting. Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah. But anyway, so he made a film called uh, The Old Man and the Gun, which was a uh, uh, Robert Redford's last film or um, stated last film that he was, he's going to do. Mm. Um, so for a lot of people, that was like a huge deal. It's just like a marketing piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's getting on and uh, he's very renowned. And uh, yeah, you know, um, that was like one of the biggest selling points for this film. Um, and also the fact that it was based off a true story of a real criminal who uh, named Forrest Tucker... Uh, who basically was um, uh, just a criminal throughout his life um, and kept escaping from prison somehow. Um, <laughs> he just came out these, you know, the film kind of dives into it a bit about all the ludicrous ways that he would escape and, uh, you know, get caught again and go back to prison and escape again. But this follows um, him in his, as you could probably guess from the title, uh, Old Man, in the later <laughs> half of his life. Um, in which he is part of a, a little crew who um, uh, do little bank heists. And I'm not talking, you know, GTA, um, all guns blazing. Uh, the kind of story is that he is a bit of a gentleman and he has a very unique way of robbing banks in which he does it with a smile, um, does it very calmly and has a very precise way of doing it. And it creates a very interesting kind of... Uh, uh, kind of narrative for, for for that character and trying to figure <laughs> out you know um things out about him and uh the, the, the kind of b-side to the story is following a, a cop who is um desperate to catch him right. and they have a kind of you know to and fro mm-hmm. but um but yeah it's uh, uh well, what did you think about it first of all i understand that there's uh you know i read up a lot about this film so i or the, the visual stuff um and you know i know it wasn't uh how should we say um incredibly well received but a, a lot of critics did rave about it for different reasons so mm. i was curious to know you know what you thought going into it for the first time yeah it was on my radar um because of the director because i knew it was meant to be redford's last role mm. um his last role finally was i think avengers endgame <laughs> 
was his last actual role. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Before he died, because he's, he's the, like, shield guy in that. Um, <clears throat> Is he dead? Yeah, he's he's passed away now, I believe. Um, oh. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. It was cool. Um, it's a very low-key movie. Um, it's got this kind of... Kind of a... Enigmatic, mysterious title that would make you think it's akin to you know kind of, kind of like an old western and it's got that kind of vibe but it's very kind of um quiet and uh yeah very low-key and calm um and i think it contextualized as kind of a send-off to redford's career it's a very nice piece yeah um he's very good in it um i love <laughs> yeah. his the way he performs his character um he is just very charming <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, I liked it. I, I, it was cool. Um, and they definitely nailed the kind of look of it. Um, it being kind of set in, is it set in the 70s? Um, like early 80s, maybe? Yeah, um, it's definitely yeah. got that, like... <clears throat> Late 70s, I think. Yeah, it's definitely, they definitely nailed that, like, look. Um, mm. And I liked some of the character stuff. Uh, and I think this was, every, uh, apart from Radford, like, everyone was really good in this. Um, it's such a really great cast. Yeah. Um, you good got, vibe. Yeah, it's a good vibe. Um, so I dug it. I dug it. Um, but I'm interested good. as to what it, what what it was about the visuals you want to you want mm. to dig into. So it's kind of like very commonly uh, dug into with the fact that this was a um, uh, not a lot of movies nowadays shoot in sixteen super sixteen film uh, okay. because it's uh, the the cinematographer Joe Anderson was talking um, in an interview about with the director about the fact that you can shoot on film nowadays, but because the cameras are so good, you know, you still have that texture, but you don't have that really kind of strong texture that um, a lot of people relate to films that 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 have that kind of edge. Um, and he really wanted that. He really wanted this film to stand out visually and. Um, not necessarily be kind of over stylized you know and i got that a lot more having watched the um whole film because Mm -hmm. it what tends to happen is during the the uh uh kind of like the higher tempo parts of this film you know there's more kind of stylistic shots and um beauty shots you know yeah um but like the conversation shots and just the the framing and the lighting is very naturalistic um for a lot of this film it's very gentle um very observant yeah and it builds on this that kind of rough aesthetic um and as you know for you know someone for uni who was uh, obsessed with that kind of that 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 the reasons behind shooting in that way and and not being also able to afford it <laughs> we uh, uh we did a lot of stuff in in uni of trying to replicate that and understanding why people do it and this was a, always a film that was used as like a huge case study for that um so it was interesting for me to narratively dig into this and appreciate it for that aspect as opposed to just seeing it as some kind of uh um visual piece for uh the beauty of still using a medium like Super 16, which is so rare. Um, you just don't really get any people using it anymore because there's, you know, digital is 
so great you know like why would you you surely want the best image but right. for some people it just just you know some stories it works and um uh it wasn't necessarily like an overly gritty film but like it had a a texture to its narrative that that fit that style and um yeah and it, it felt i think it wouldn't have changed the movie too much if it was really clean but i think it was something that really kind of i don't know emphasized, I, think, I think um um, this wouldn't land it would land the same if it didn't have that kind of texture that's what i mean yeah and the lighting and everything mm. like if it was it was more digital and sharp i feel like it stands out so much because of it yeah um <clears throat> and emphasizes everything so i guess that's really what you kind of want to use it for i, I guess. guess to a degree I, do, I, w- I would say that um in terms of the camera work um i felt it left a little to be desired um Mm. because it kind of opens very there's a lot of kind of like there's a lot of camera styling going Moving on shot. And, yeah uh the editing's a bit more rapid and it seems the film kind of de-escalates as it goes and it becomes very somber um mm. yeah which i i understand i like tonally i like that um yeah that you know and it works with the narrative of they kind of they pull off these heists but they're not big and extravagant they're very simple um and they're very quiet um and i like that quality about it but mm. i did at times feel like it was in like a lot of conversation scenes there was a lot of just like it just shot reverse there shot, wasn't much there and i was just kind of like Ugh, like Ugh. you could frame this like you can frame it interestingly you know or you can you can spice up a bit i, there were, I felt like there were times where um or even light it a bit kind of more I think all the, light, um, the lighting dynamically stuff is, I think all the lighting and stuff is pretty good I just think pure like framing yeah. and camera work uh, unfortunately left a little bit to be desired for me um, in that regard it was the, yeah no I completely understand what you mean it's, it's what I meant earlier about like um, uh, it, it was it was it was very gentle um, yeah yeah you know if you watch the trailer for this you'll see pretty much the majority of the kind of highlight shots of stuff that is different and style more stylized um but the rest of the film is very just kind of fine in that regard you know it's just very it is it focuses more on i guess it i I guess the the reason i didn't have a huge problem with it is because it kind of highlighted more of like uh the important aspects which was like the, the the presentation of the actors and and the way their performance came across like it, it allowed me to focus more on that um which was as you spoke earlier yeah it was it was great you know like all the characters this are really really good and i felt like um mm-hmm. all the people who were all, all the actors were really kind of shone in their roles there was there wasn't a there wasn't kind of like a disappointing performance in this no, um yeah. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's and, really great, you know. And I, uh, you know, so having gentle or just very naturalistic, safe uh, cinematography during those scenes, it doesn't bother me. I just wish, like, it was on par with what I kind of studied. The parts of this film that I kind of studied is, oh, that's, that's so pretty. Um, but it isn't, like, my main grudge for the film. I felt that just in general, sometimes it was a bit too... Uh, uh, 
just the pacing felt a bit off it just felt a bit slow or sluggish in places where it was kind of losing me a bit and I didn't want it to lose me because I loved how you know what they were building visually and in the mm. characters yeah, but it that. just kind of there were parts of it that just was like oh you, you, you're losing me a bit like let's just you know let's get back into something uh, yeah and yeah that, that, that. It, 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 it it hurt because I was like I love this so much I've studied this film because I love the way it is um but like there are some bits that do just kind of drag but you know I think if you you are you know if you do deeply love the aesthetic of this film it's something that you you overlook quite easily because you it is such a fun ride and it is such a somber sweet story um like the the love interest of the main character uh is really kind of dynamic and and naturalistic and uh fascinating you know because it's it's you genuinely are curious yeah i like i like their dynamic a lot i like that relationship yeah um and the kind of like revealing of his character like um and like the more (laughs) yeah as um the detective played by case affleck is like learning more about his past and stuff and like we kind of you know without getting a full picture we really get a sense of like this person and what drives him and um why he does what he does he just does it because he mm. loves it um i really like that sentiment of the film um mm. in terms of like the style as well um they did that they, they, they there was use of a of like uh, title cards and stuff um <laughs> yeah and that was like another thing where it's like it was in there for a bit and then never really came up again and then they kind of use one last one um I don't know I don't know I wouldn't say it's inconsistent it just felt like um, just kind of there I literally wrote that down yeah yeah um, it was um, yeah. it felt like sorry go on no that's not really like I don't really have a wider thought about it it was just one of those things where I'm like <clears throat> you're never going for an aesthetic here um, mm. but I'm not sure if you've really like thought all that deeply about it to be honest yeah. outside of just grounding it, felt it like, in its kind of genre I guess it felt like kind of it felt considered because it matched the the visuals of it, but it also, like, uh, uh, it just felt kind of weird. Like, it just there's something that didn't feel right about it because you were so grounded in this film being so kind of uh, mm. openly natural, and then all of a sudden you get a blue title card out of nowhere that was just like, oh yeah, it's kind of I'm watching a film, quite stylized graphic. <laughs> yeah, it, there, there's a <clears throat> there's a disconnect there with like the yeah the very earthy the purpose story. yeah um, very like human and yeah very strange very strange choice there <clears throat> and i don't necessarily have a problem with title cards and stuff you know it's i think it's a very uh, it can be a very lazy way of revealing information and uh you know could that have been done with a voiceover probably would it have probably had the same thing where it pulls you out of the the kind of feeling that it builds for you that you forget that you're watching a film and you know because that's what it did for me i was like oh yeah did i'm watching did... these people fall in in love in a weird way and really watching this conflict yeah. like it's real and then because the style also adds to that it emphasizes it so much more um and you're like oh i'm watching 
you forget you're watching a film and then title card or something like that pops up and it's like oh shit I'm watching a film and yeah it took me out a bit I, I think I could figure that stuff out for myself like a lot of the um we didn't even provide yeah, the, information it was purely there just to have a certain tone or kind of or like style. add a laugh or they were, yeah. yeah they're like just rubbed rubbed against what seemed to be the central narrative um and where's well, and what was arguably the stronger part of the film which is the, the character stuff yeah. going on and uh you know <clears throat> Uh, all of the stuff that the type card said, I would have figured out. I could have been told at the end, which it did say at the end, but all the stuff, you know, there could have been more in that that I would have happily have read at the end. Um, but also, like, they would tell you on a title card and then show it visually. Like at the end, specifically, where she's like, I think you should stay put. Yeah. And then it comes up with a title card saying he did. Yeah, that was you a weird. You just cut to the 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 prison wherever he's coming out. Like you figure it out. You you don't, you don't need to. It's almost like know. stripping stripping you of having a moment there as well. Yeah. Like my yeah. my instinct would be more to to sit in that little exchange for a bit and and his reaction and stuff. Um, yeah. But it just, I just felt yeah. I felt with them, and then I felt I was watching them because of it. Yeah. You know, I was really in this story and then I was out of it. And like, I was like, I don't need that. Get rid of that. It's just not needed. Like, just, you know. And so sometimes directors don't get final cut. I get that. You know, maybe it was something that he also doesn't like. Um, but... It didn't seem like, I, very, seemed like it was a, it a, very, feel like a very choice. Yeah. Yeah, don't But uh, other than that, I thought it was a joy to watch, to be honest. I, I you know... Um, I'm glad I'd finally watched the full bloody thing but you know as opposed to just studying the visual aspects of it um, and all those kind of elements um, but yeah do you have anything more to say on it? Do you have any any good notes? Um, I liked there's a scene that I was reading about or watching YouTube videos about I guess more accurate <laughs> Where they where they meet, they have a, where him and the detective has, has meet. They cross paths in a restaurant in the in the toilet. Yeah, um, and apparently, like that. Although this is based on a true story, that that was completely a work of fiction. Um, but it was very much oh. influenced by like uh, like the scene in Heat where Pacino and De Niro meet. You know, they they talk to to one another and. Um, but I, I like I like that I like that moment a lot. Um, it's just and it was great again, like the kind of heart of the characters and stuff. And I, I like that. Um, I like the dynamic between them, where it's not like a I want to like oh he's he's a bad guy. I want to take him down. <laughs> like um, yeah, he really like uh, the detective kind of realizes something about his own life through this guy who you know does something seemingly wrong, but does it for the love of it. Um, and that kind of inspires. I, I I like that. I like that element of it. Um, I like I like the heart of this narrative. You know, I, it, it's got a very good heart. Um, I think my only note on that scene though is that, um, and what from what I was researching about it, basically like they knew that they wanted to do that scene, but they didn't really know how to work it into the story. So, in the film, 
it's it's they they just happen to be in the same diner um and what i found interesting was david lara saying that like uh the way they present you the geography of the or, or the the layout of that setting um mm. they do it in the first diner scene where they're in the diner it's that same one um oh yeah so he said that was like an intentional decision that they would like show you the kind of layout of the of the diner beforehand oh, so you know they'd be sat in those seats yeah so so when you get that reveal it's like you might already clock it before they reveal that they're both there because you're hopefully you'll recognize um i don't think it worked <laughs> no i don't know I, I don't think it works at all because i remember specifically it panning away and i knew as soon as the camera started moving it comes in it like, comes in at <gasps> a different angle too yeah it's uh but i i found it interesting that he had considered that um yeah but yeah so but then like when he leaves um it's you can tell they didn't really know how to fill it in because redford's character just walks out another door that it came out through from assumingly like out yeah, it's to like the a back. fire exit i think yeah, it yeah. goes on like a fire exit but then he but then after that he's in the car with uh his girlfriend so i'm assuming so, come all the way back round. yeah <laughs> and like yeah, assuming that the detective left the bathroom they would have still i don't know yeah. again it's one of those blocking things where where it's like um yeah. it's awkward like and it's one of those things that you don't think about necessarily with with films but like the blocking has to kind of make mm. sense if you think about it as like this is a physical space um yeah, <laughs> i think sure. uh it's a nitpick ultimately uh, um but i thought that was just an interesting little like i respect that like they knew because that, that is a great little moment so i, I respect that they knew um that that had to be in the story that they kind of cross paths and share an exchange um mm. and apparently they just did it in like one take and they were like yep good they fucking kind of aced it to be fair like um <laughs> like robert redford like he definitely I, I think the reason i kind of love this film is because you could tell how much fun he's having like yeah he fucking loves playing this role and he like he, he was just so good in it like what a way to kind of be like, yeah, this is my last film, and I had a fucking great time, and yeah, and it's it an, was just such a, like a strong piece, and it's a meta thing too because it's about an old man who is kind of <laughs> yeah. living out his kind of final days and of his kind of career, and it being his last role intended to be his last role. Um, mm. I like that; it's a very nice texture to it. And there's also like visual, um, like Easter eggs as well, like the. Uh, like the the logos in the opening credits being the same fonts as like his earlier films. Well, they have they have Robert footage. Redford. They use footage from um, I can't I don't I can't remember what film it is, but they use footage footage from one of his mm. old films when they're showing his like previous escapes. It's um, great, isn't it? Yeah, that's a great little detail. <laughs> it's um, I think it's very aware, obviously, and in, in it sells that within like its media that yeah, it was its like last big role. So, um, I really hope that that's the case you know because like it's, it would be a very rare uh, um thing for you know people to it's like the whole tarantino thing where he's like oh i'm only gonna make 10 films he very well might do 10 films but once you've said that you want to kind of act upon it you know what i mean um to say like something's your last um because i think it's i think it's amazing um is he still is he still hang on 
He is still alive. I, still I was alive. going to bring it up earlier. I'm pretty sure he is still around. Mm. He's just kind of said that that's my last film. Because mm. I imagine if you're in, you're 80, I mean, unless you're, uh, um, what's his name? Who won the... the uh, Man, I swear, I, I could have sworn he died. <laughs> no. oh, you got me worried then. I was like, dude, you're going like, to make me cry on fucking... On the podcast, <laughs> they tell me he's dead. Um, he's, well, he's dead to me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He's dead. Oh God. <clears throat> um, he might. He might be. He might be on the big screen again. They might do another Avengers movie. Um, he might be in that. <laughs> that'd be pretty sick. Uh, main character, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like starring role. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. It's a fitting. Yeah. It's a fitting end to a to a great career. Hmm. Hmm. Do final thoughts? I don't really have anything else to say, to be honest. No, it's just it's just um. Really, it was really nice. It was like um such a heartwarming piece. It feels this 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 film feels like a a really good cup of tea. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like you know when a cup of tea just fixes everything and it's like oh that was great and that's that's for me what this film's like um I, I do have picky elements that we've kind of expressed but at the same time I just think it's just really good um and anyone who's you know is studying um film and actually wants to watch like good examples of uh like why on earth you would use like a medium like old like either Super 8 or Super 16 stuff like this is a great like study of that um uh, you know I've written up about it in in university and, and stuff like that there's a lot to dig into um well what but yeah can I ask can I ask why then because I don't know if I got really much of a conclusion about um and for, when they're sick for like why they used that style outside of like just aesthetic um <laughs> Well, they had to fight for it um, because it's it's something that's not only so expensive but also really unconventional nowadays. And it's I think it's very hard to convince studios and and producers and 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 stuff like that to to actually use that medium. Um, you know, it's uh, there's only five six stocks of thirty five that exist in the world, like variants of it. And right. there's only one. I'm pretty certain there's only one black and white variant. Um, so, you know, it's um, film is something that's it's, you know it's it's very uncommon. Um, and for a film, especially shot in 2018, which is when it was either it's starting to get a little bit more popular now. But um, mm. you know, it's uh, <coughs> you, you have to fight for that kind of stuff. And I think that. You know, yeah, the more you look into it, the more you appreciate how rare it is, um, especially for a film that didn't have a, you know, did have a huge budget. Um, right. So a lot of it went, I imagine, to that that aspect of it. Um, right, yeah. You've got a really kind of, yeah, struggle to convince, like, what what does this actually add? Um, and it's a great film to be like, okay, like the narrative actually fits this. Like it adds something. It lifts the other elements of the film because of its format um instead of it just being shot in film because the cinematographer or the director is really fucking fussy um or or just used to it and doesn't really want to change or 
you know because yeah. a lot of people are like i just like the grittiness of it or like i just like the texture and yeah there is a difference but like if you're going even lower to 16 mil which is like even like why would you do that what is a what is a good excuse for that you've really got to justify it nowadays um and this was a really good justification um to doing something like that uh instead of trying to like replicate it or something like that um it kind of adds to the authenticity of it but yeah okay. <clears throat> i think we're seeing like a bit of a resurgence and i don't know maybe i think we're seeing a well definitely not, uh, not, in, a world of, agree. not in a world of like mainstream film i wouldn't say but um <clears throat> i feel like there's more kind of auto projects and stuff like that mm. that are utilizing utilizing film um, and also like being very specific to when that's used you know what i mean um right because a lot of films have come out where it looks like it's shot in film, but it actually isn't, and it's very hard to depict it. Um, so it is like a, it is still something that you've got to really kind of justify. Um, but yeah, you know, it's um, it's a good example of that, and it's, uh, yeah. I think uh, another would be, um, submarine. I think it was in sixteen, but that. Actually, that might have been 35. It was just like the, the camera wasn't as um, high-end. I think it was like a Bolex that shot that on. Um, oh, I'm getting really nerdy now with it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's quite quite rare nowadays to try and find one. Mm. Um, but, yeah. There we go. Um, I'm giving this one a 7 out of 10. I think yeah, seven out of ten. Um, it's it's interesting. It's a, it's very good performances. Definitely carry the whole film. Definitely, it definitely does look nice, despite some complaints I have about maybe a bit of lack of ambition with the <laughs> with the mm. framing. But apart from that, um, mm. yeah, really, really, really cool. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I was I was gonna give it an eight. I think it's it's got it's got a nice warm place in my heart. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was just lovely. Um, it's lovely, and yeah, it, like a warm cup of tea <laughs> uh, on, a, on a cold day when you had a shit day. It's like, oh, this is just fucking nice. This. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, two very kind of visually strong um, pieces this week. Yeah, blimey. Well, what have you got for next for the next one? Um, for my next one I have one of two options and I always bloody say this because I'm always just thinking of films that we could watch pick one every now and again pick one oh god just what I need to pick one um, well I'll do an animation again um, because this is one that like I really love okay. um, and that's uh, Coraline okay um, Coraline's like a uh to me a very impressive feat of stop frame animation um and it's again another medium that's today quite rare um and i think it yeah uh i I want to it came up on my radar again and i'd love to kind of revisit it um yeah it's been a minute okay yeah it's been it's been a hot minute since it was out so uh yeah i thought I'd, i'd give it a revisit um and I, I'm really craving like a, a stop frame animation film or something of that nature. Cool. Nice. What have you got? 
Um, I was going to recommend something. Um, but then you mentioned another film, and I'm feeling it's one of our viewer suggestions, and I'm feeling feeling a rewatch. Um, oh. So let's watch Submarine by Richard Ayoade. Um, oh. One of my favourite films. Uh, very lovely. It's so good. Lovely piece. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, cool. Awesome. So that's your films for next week, Submarine and uh, Coraline. There we go. Um, so make sure to give them a watch and actually, uh, you know, write notes along with us. Yeah, um, do your homework. Don't be psychopaths. And, do your homework, Yeah, you do fuck. your homework, guys. <laughs> no excuses, all right? <laughs> well, the dog ate it. We both know the dog's dead. Um, <clears throat> oh, some of the Pink Floyd leaking out there. <laughs> Bloody hell. All right, cool. Plug time. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap this one up. Um, if you, for whatever reason, you like this podcast, you can follow us at Twitter, at Final Draft Show, on Instagram, at Final Draft Pod. Keep up to date with the show. You can also follow us on Facebook, at Final Draft. Send us an email at finaldraftpodcast at gmail.com. Um, join the Discord. There'll be a link somewhere on the socials. Join in. Join in the discourse. We just got some uh, emojis for the chat. So spam those, use those. Um, more people join, or add more in, or more pictures of Adam. Um, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Above that, uh, you like the this episode? Open. <laughs> you like this episode? Leave us a five star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to support the show, five pound a month gets you access to the writers' room, where you get VIP episodes, uh, where we talk. Just casual topics, film, just film, film-related stuff, entertainment, news. It can be anything and everything. Um, so do that. Give me money. Um, anything. Next films is Coraline and Submarine. Uh, next episode awesome. is hopefully going to be a surprise. So um, yeah, it's we can actually confirm that it actually might be next week's slot. I hope, um, I hope so. Um. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. But um, it's very exciting. It's a it's a it's a next step for um, this show. It's actually, true. you know, it's yes. it's something that we've never done before. Um, so that'll be interesting. But um, you've got a lot to to look forward to, and, and thank you so much for, uh, especially you know one of our early listeners, you know, still listening in. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> God knows you need it. Um, we're so sorry. Um, but thank you for you know continuing the, the support um, because yeah we're, we're you know we're still improving um, so bloody look forward to it and I fucking hope it happens now because we made a big deal out of it yeah we said our mic so it has to I'm manifesting okay oh it's now it's now um, slander isn't it <laughs> spoken word 